Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton. I want to talk about a subject called Dethroning the Dictator Within. Dethroning the Dictator Within. It's a king, and his name is King Stomach. <laughs> We're going to dethrone King Stomach today. Praise God. I hear your stomach's rumbling already. <laughs> Praise God. But what you want is you want to connect this to this. And the way you get it is through these. This right here gets corroded. And when this is corroded, then the blessings are hindered. Fasting cleanses this so the blessings can come through. So first thing I'd like to share with you, I got a couple of uh, quotes i like to share. This one is from Thomas Merton. Uh, he's, um, he's actually a, um, he's a Catholic theologian. Uh, sometimes I look at different readings and, and, and different uh, studies from different people, and Thomas Merton is one of those guys I like to look at so that we can, I can make a real good comparison between what I believe and what Catholicism believes. But he, he made this amazing quote, because just because people believe in something different, some people do better at fasting than we do. <laughs> he made this. He said, uh, when the faculties are empty, then your whole being listens. See, 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 when you're an empty vessel, you, you listen better. That's why John says, I must decrease so he can. And see, some of us are so full. I'm not going to say what you're full of, but some of us. Because <laughs> then I'll have to repent for cussing. <laughs> but some of us are just so full, and God cannot feel a full glass. That's why worship is so important. 2016, worship is so important because if you don't empty yourself out during worship, God can't fill you up. Amen. Right? You know, you know how we used to do when we were BC, before Christ, how we used to empty out and then fill up before we went to the club. Y'all knew we, we would have some secret sauce that we would be sipping on before we got to the club. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. Why? Because, you know, the drinks were just too high at the club, first of all. And so. <laughs> you know you broke. And so, you know, so you get, you, get, you get your high on before you got to the club, right? Come on. Now, who am I talking to in here? Uh, I know all of y'all one born say. <laughs> and so, and so, so what are you doing? You're you, you getting your attitude right before you get to the club. So that your attitude is already matching the attitude in the club. Why is it any different for church? Uh-huh. See, see, you should be getting your attitude right for church before you get to the church. So that when you get to the church, the attitude and the atmosphere is already set in here. So your attitude is right. Our attitude is right, boy, and right things can happen. Amen. See, that's what we should be doing. We should be worshiping before you come to church. You should have on your worship music, music while you come in the church. Stop fussing and start listening for the married folks. <laughs> Drive separate cars. No, I ain't lying. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Pastor, Pastor Franklin was, was our first pastor. And a lot of y'all know Pastor Franklin from Gainesville, and um, he was our first pastor. And that, that's what he said. He said, me and Sharice used to fuss so much, that's why I, we drive separately. Amen. So you never saw him and Sharice come to church together. I think as long as we was at that church, we never saw them come to church together. Mm -mm. Yeah, he had to preach. She was getting him out of his, you know, his, his zone. Well, they did have a lot of kids. Here's another great quote. How many of you are familiar with Andre Murray? If you're not, you need to be. If you want to learn about the Bible, if you want to learn about great theologians, man, Andre Murray has some of the best books on prayer 
that you can ever find anywhere. I have uh, many of his books. So this is a quote from him. It says, prayer is reaching out after the unseen. Fasting is letting go of all that is seen. That's a great quote. You could just stop that quote right there. Amen. Prayer is reaching out after the unseen. Fasting is letting go of what is seen and temporal. Fasting helps express, deepen, and confirm the resolution that we are ready to sacrifice anything, even ourselves, to attain what we seek for the kingdom of God. That's fasting. Isn't that an amazing quote? Yeah, go ahead and put that out on Facebook. You can have that one for free. All right, so fasting is probably one of the most misunderstood subjects in the Bible. Uh, first of all, you know, we've got to understand why we fast. We fast to make a supernatural connection with God. That's why we're fasting. We don't fast to, uh, 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 for, for somebody else to do something. Because some people, well, I'm a fast so they can straighten up. Well, you, you're doing that for the wrong reasons because people straighten up when they want to. What you're fasting for is to make a supernatural natural connection with God so God can tell you how to pray for that person. So that person can straighten up because you might not be praying the right prayer. You may by your mind think that they're struggling with one thing, but actually they're struggling with something totally different. And you're not going to know that in the natural unless they specifically tell you. Right. But if you don't know it in the natural, then you have to get it supernaturally by God. And fasting is one of those things that the tools that God can use so that it can deepen your understanding. It can deepen your perception. It can deepen everything about your connection with God so that there is nothing in there to contaminate what God is trying to send down to you. Is this making sense? Oh, y'all just y'all y'all taking it in. OK, you got OK. Y'all kind of quiet. So I just I'm just asking. So now, everybody fasts every day. We fast when we sleep. That's why the first meal of the day is called you break your fast. Break fast. That's where we get breakfast from. You're breaking your fast. Unless, unless somebody has mastered how to eat while you sleep. Probably good. Now, now, now it, while I'm fasting... I usually sleep thinking I'm eating, <laughs> especially that's why you have to stop watching television so much, because if you're watching TV at night, there's always food on. Be careful. I'm telling you, I'm trying to help you. Don't watch TV when you get ready to go to bed, especially when you're fasting, because look, um, Little Caesar's pizza is, is some of the nastiest looking pizza <laughs> Every time I see that commercial, it you, oh, my God, it makes you want to throw it because it's so nasty and greasy. Yeah, just a, but, boy, when I'm fasting, I will jump through that TV just to grab a corner of that pizza. And I will be the one saying, pizza, pizza. I ain't lying. I'm telling you, your bar king stomach will get the best of you. I'm trying to help you. Don't watch TV while you're fasting. Cut that TV out because they're always going to have food on. And you don't realize how much food is on until you're fasting. See, when your stomach is full, you know, it don't bother you. Oh, that's a hamburger. Let's go through stuff. But when your stomach is empty and you've been chewing on water, everything on television is going to look so good. As a matter of fact, you're going to think you got a scratch and sniff television. Some of y'all will get that later on when you... I ain't lying, sometimes I can smell that hamburger. Mm. I ain't lying. I pulled up in the garage one day in Uptown. I was on my way to work. And, and normally it smells like motor oil, but that morning it smelled like bacon. Uh, I don't know. Hey, look, guys, I know, I know some of y'all in here don't eat pork, but I'm going to tell you something. I love me some bacon. Now, I don't eat it every day, but I'm going to tell you something. I, 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 I am, I, am, I boy. <laughs> I know pork ain't good for you, but boy, boy, I'm going to tell you right now, I just pray over it and I go for it. <laughs> I ain't lying. But anything too much is in excess is bad for you, right? So praise God. I eat my bacon and just go to the gym. So what is fasting? Let me give you a definition. 
Fasting is setting aside time normally spent pursuing physical needs for the purpose of pursuing spiritual nurturing. That's a great definition of fasting. Now, I also have this one here. It says, it is the deliberate abstinence from some form of physical gratification. Now, I had to underline physical gratification, and that's going to make more sense in a little bit for married couples. Uh, well, we got kids, but, you know, they hear it in, they hear it in school. So, you know, we're going to talk about it in here. That's right. You might as well get it at church because at least you get it all in a wholesome way Amen. and not in a perverted way. And so it says, for physical gratification, for a period of time, listen to me, for a period of time, you can't use this against your spouse, in order to achieve a greater spiritual goal. Now, you notice I underlined that physical gratification there, right? There's a reason for that. We're going to talk about it in a couple of minutes. But here's another question. Why is fasting so hard? Because so, I'm, I'm asking the questions I always ask myself. Why is fasting so hard? Well, first of all, fasting means that your appetite, normally, 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 whatever you crave, you go get. Sometimes you might have, we don't eat a whole lot of red meat, but sometimes we crave a hamburger. And not just a burger. I want a good gourmet burger. I want, a, I want the kind of burger when I bite into it, juice just run all down my elbow. Just, God, it just stuff all, in, you know, that's, 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 somebody said that's good. That's good. That's when it's good, right? But, but, but that's what I'm craving. See, your appetite craves what you give it. See, if, if, see some of us crave sugar. We crave it, right? That's what your appetite wants. And usually whatever it wants, it gets. You get it. If you want a soda, if you want Starbucks, if you want whatever it is, whatever you crave, you, you will dry miles just to get your king stomach full. So when you fast, you are denying your cravings. That's why it's so hard, because if you deny King Stomach, that brother will act up. He will get loud on you, get moody. He makes all kinds of noises, get dizzy, especially if who likes Starbucks? Just to be honest, who likes Starbucks? Okay, let me give a little warning for you Starbucks drinkers, because you're not supposed to be drinking that caffeine on this fast. But did y'all hear that little Starbucks demon jump up then? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't lying. That Starbucks is a, boy, that took it, ooh, that took it, get that grips in you, see? I know it, see, if you, look at, if you look at their logo, then you'll understand. If you know what that logo is, then you'll understand how it gets its grips in you. So I'm going to make you go find that out. I ain't going to even tell you about it. But anyway. So for you Starbucks users or drinker users, <laughs> my bad. I don't mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean. Please strike that. I didn't mean to say users. I mean Starbucks drinkers. I'm not trying to say you are addicted, even though you are. So you're gonna have what's called caffeine headaches. They are nasty things too, and you're gonna get moody. I ain't lying, you're gonna get moody. The reason I know that is because I used to I used to drink a lot of caffeine yes. prior to finding out about my cancer. And so ever since then we stopped drinking caffeine. We do decaf. Okay? So it don't bother me now. But I knew every year when we started our fast, yes. we would wean ourselves off first because I knew as soon as I got that caffeine out of my system, I would have these little nagging headaches. Right? Just drink water. Room temperature water. Just drink water. Just just Fill your body up with that water because it's going to take a couple of days to get that caffeine out of your system. And what's happening is King Stomach is upset with you. And, and the way he lets you know is, okay, I'm going I'm to make, make something else mess up. Your body is very smart. If you don't give this thing what it wants, it will act up. It will. But you will find also if you deny some of that stuff, you'll find out you don't need it anyway. Yeah, you'll find out you don't need it anyway, right? 
And so just deny your flesh what your flesh wants. That's why it's so hard, because you've been feeding it what it wants, and then all of a sudden you cut it off. Well, that don't work with anything, does it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> y'all, y'all, you're going to make me go there. I ain't lying. Y'all trying to be all holy in here. I'm going to mess y'all up. So this goes for everything. So can I take the married folks to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5? Now, I don't know where you normally fast, chapter 7, verse 5, but we fast according to the word at this church. Now, I got to come back to this physical gratification. Is sex physical? <laughs> all, all the single folks, boy, they loud right now. <laughs> they loud right now because they know they shouldn't be having sex anyway. Now, if you didn't know that, I just you you in the right church that's going to teach you truth. See, the Bible calls it fornication. And I'm going to just call it what the Bible calls it. Fornication is having sex outside of marriage. It's forbidden, even today. All right, y'all there, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5. I'm going to go ahead and read it. It says, do not deprive one another. Now, I am not talking to single folks. I am talking to married people. Because single people, they should be deprived already. And you know that they are the way they come into church. Boy, Lord, have mercy. Do not, <laughs> do not deprive one another except with, except with consent for a time. That means you should be in agreement. Hello. So if you're a woman and you're married and your husband is not a member of this church, you have to get consent. You don't go up in there and put a lockdown on it and say, and say this, my pastor said I can't be, don't you do that. You leave me out of that. I don't want your husband mad at me. Right? No, you have to get agreement. I ain't lying. He's calling the church. I want to speak to Pastor John. Got me all pinned up. So you get consent. If you don't have consent, then you got to do what you got to do. Amen? I'm just telling you like it is, guys. I mean, because a lot of people get in trouble with this, and, and, and it's not necessary. Any questions about that at all? Most of, most of the women here that are married, their husbands are here, but there are some that are not. So I just want to make sure that we understand that. With consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. You're doing this for a temporary basis, any form of physical gratification, and what you're doing is you're, you're telling your flesh, I'm not going to give you what you want. It's fasting. Now, for you who are married, this should be a great time for you. Why? You're denying yourself. So on that 21st day, you should already be planning. You should already have something planned. That's why I have the church before. I know couples in the church. Ain't no, ain't no couples. The church don't have no couples. Everybody's single. Why? Because the married folk, they got their little day playing, right? So this should be, now you need to come to church first, but this should be because I ain't going to let you off of the fast till after I preach that day. So, because <laughs> if we ain't, you ain't. So, you, <laughs> just plain and simple. So, so plan something nice when you break your fast. Amen. And you'll find that you have a greater level of connection when you come together again. Amen? Is, is this making sense at all? Physical gratification. I have to say that because a lot of churches, they don't teach it like we do. And so I want to make sure we teach it according to the scriptures. And we do it because I want you to be blessed. Now, listen, listen, let me just put this caveat out there. This is not a law-based church. So if you don't want to do this at all, don't do it. Yeah, 
Verse 6. What is verse 6? Read it out loud, baby. We're going to do like the old church. There you go. So it's not a law-based church. So let's just say, you know, you, you, had to, you had to break the fast for whatever reason. You got a birthday or whatever. So break the fast and get back on it later. Listen, listen, don't bring yourself under your own guilt. Because I'm not. Don't come up in here crying, Pastor, <laughs> I had a cup of coffee. You better get out of my face. <laughs> just don't get it tomorrow. Amen. I hope you enjoyed it. Amen. Is this making sense? Don't don't bring yourself under your own law. We're, we're not doing we're not doing this so there's something that's hard to do. We're doing this because we want to be blessed. Amen. I want to do this with joy because I know what's coming behind this. Because six months from now, when things are popping off in my life, don't be worrying about. It. Don't be coming up to me and saying, "Pastor, I just well, did you fast with us?" No, I I, I just didn't feel led. <laughs> well, I'm okay. I'm sorry. So, so is this making sense at all? Yeah. So now I got to take you to the Bible where uh, th- the first time the dictator within was mentioned. You guys know where it is? It's in Genesis. Go to Genesis chapter 2. So we got to talk about where this started. <laughs> it all started with Eden. <laughs> Okay, I know everybody's like, yep, the light bulbs are going off now. Okay, Genesis chapter 2, verse 8. Where did this all start? This dictator within. King stomach. When you get there, say, I have it. Genesis chapter 2, verse 8 says, The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So there in the midst of the garden were all of these trees. Now, it wasn't just two trees. There were a lot of trees. It wasn't just the tree of knowledge and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, or the tree of life. There were other trees in the garden. There were multiple trees. And God said they could eat. From all of those trees, but there was something else God gave them. He gave them a prohibition, too. Let's drop down to verse 15. It says, Then the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. So he gave the man some responsibility. And so he put the man in the garden that God created a garden. That was his home. So he had a home. And then God said, he, he had some responsibility. So, ladies, if you get a man, first of all, he need to have a home. And he need to have some responsibility. Amen. Amen. So this is, this is the man that God said, this is Adam. He said, you got a home right now. I got a place for you. But now you have some responsibility about this place. You got to dress it and keep it. You got to tend it. You got to keep it up. Praise God. And the Lord God commanded the man, listen to this carefully, commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. So they could eat from every tree except one tree. That's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Okay, you got all of these trees. It don't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. Okay, we got all of these trees. Oh, I can eat of all of this fruit, but there's just one tree I can't eat from. That's pretty clear. It's pretty clear. That tree, no. Those trees, yes. Yes, no. Yep, no. No, yep. You can eat, you can't eat. Every child in here understands that. So the key element in this passage is not really the fruit, even though that's what we focus on. (laughs) God says, you can eat, you can't eat. Yes, no. Okay, this is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It's a pretty little tree. It's cute. It's it's attractive. No. Yes. That tree has fruit. The other trees have fruit. So it's not about the fruit. (laughs) The biggest element about this whole passage is disobedience. 
Why? Because King's stomach was acting up. See, even though, listen to this, this is, this is so good. Even though King's stomach had all of these trees, I wonder what that tastes like. See, see, that's what happens in an adulterous affair. You got everything you need at home, but your appetite says, I wonder what that tastes like. You've been dating this person, things are good, but then your appetite sees, mm. I wonder what that tastes like. <laughs> it got quiet in this Presbyterian church, man. Why you can hear you can hear a rat peeing on cotton up in here. What's going on? Why y'all so quiet up in here? Y'all quiet up in here. Yeah, they're curious. I mean, so the sin wasn't even the fruit at all. The sin was disobedience. Why? King's stomach. It was a dictator within telling them, you got to have that. Come on, come on, you know. Okay, let me give you some more words. Y'all ready for some more words? Go to Genesis 3. We're going to go and finish this thing out. Let's go to Genesis 3 so we can see what really happened. Genesis 3. Are you there? Said, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, this is what the serpent said to the woman, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree in the garden? Now listen, listen, notice he prompted a question because that's why people are always questioning God. They've been questioning God since Genesis. The devil will always have you questioning what God said. Notice what that question was. Did God say? That's what's wrong with the homosexual community today, because they're saying, did God really say that that is wrong? Yes, he said it. Did God really say? It's the same question the enemy asked in the garden. Did God really say? Yes, he said it. Did God really say that sex outside of marriage was wrong? Yes, he said it. <laughs> so I don't, I'm not going to question because God already said it's wrong. But the whole world questions what God said. And then they try to find a scripture <laughs> to support their beliefs. And I can rip that little scripture up every time. Did God, did God really didn't say, I, I, I got about 50 scriptures I can show you. He said it. Yeah, it's wrong. On every level, it's still wrong. Well, I don't believe. It don't matter what you believe. Amen. Truth is not determined by what people believe. Truth is truth, whether you believe it or not. That's why I just preach the truth. It's up to you to believe it or not. I'm not here to help you believe. I'm here to preach the truth. It's your job to believe. That makes my life easy. I just tell the truth, and I don't have to worry about it. Okay, let me read some more of this book. Y'all getting kind of quiet in here. Verse 2 says, And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden. <laughs> I'm trying to get y'all in the story. <laughs> See? I'm trying to get you in the story. But Eve was really a woman. But of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it. Okay, let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back. When it was in, in chapter... Verse, uh, okay, God, verse 16, 2, 16, chapter 2, verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of the tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat it you shall surely die. Let's go back to see what she said. You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it. Something's wrong. She added something. God never said not to touch it. Now, the enemy has her, just like he has most of us. Because now, the enemy can say, oh, God said you couldn't touch it. Go touch it. So when she touched it, see, nothing happened. So you might as well eat it. See, that's what happens in these adulterous affairs. You start touching stuff you ain't got no business touching. Oh, 
It's the appetite. The appetite says, oh, since I can touch it and nothing happened, oh, you want to come over tonight? I want to have Bible study at 1130 tonight. <laughs> Lay some hands. <laughs> Anoint with some oils. <laughs> See, this is the grown folk church here. <laughs> This is the grown folk church. I'm glad y'all came to the right church. You might not come back, but you came to the right church this morning. <laughs> so the woman added something to God's words. That's what the world is doing today. See, when you add something to the word, it changes it. So you got to add something to it so that you can justify sin. If you leave it the way it was written, it's still sin. You got to add something to it. Oh, since he's such a loving God. Yes, he is a loving God, but he's also a holy God. Amen. Is this making sense at all? Amen. Now, I'm not, I'm not preaching hate at all. I'm preaching truth. Amen. Right? It's still going to be true. Whether you persecute the church or not, it's still going to be true. Amen. Amen. Hello, somebody. Amen. Are you still with me here? So, in other words, let me just paraphrase for the sake of time. So, in other words, what happened... With these two, we know after, oh, man, I got to read it. I got to read it. I'm sorry. I got to read it because it's just so many good nuggets in here. So uh, verse 4, then the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. Come on. Really? God wouldn't do that to you. He's a loving God. <laughs> nothing has changed, saints. Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, said nothing is new under the sun. See, if you don't know your history, you're bound to repeat it. Then the serpent said to the woman, you shall, surely, should, shall not surely die, verse 4. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. I'm sorry, verse 5. For, for, I'm sorry, I'm just repeating myself. I feel like I'm stuttering here. <laughs> so God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. You will be like God. The day that you eat of it, you shall be like God. Here's the issue, saints. They were already like God. That's the problem today. A lot of Christians are saying, oh, I just want to be like God. Just be. Are you saved? Yes. Then you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Just, just stay with his word. Amen. You're already like God if you're saved. Okay. All right. Okay. So verse 6 says, so, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, food, appetite, it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree desirable to make one wise is the, is, is the, is the lust of the flesh. Lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Those every sin in the world today are in those three. And here they are right here. Lust of the flesh. There are no, there are no other sins. Every sin can be tied to those three. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. This woman, the serpent, was getting to her appetite. Okay. So to make one desirable, make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband who was with her, and he ate. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. So, so Adam, Adam was right there. The whole time the serpent was talking to his woman, he was there. Why? Because she picked, ate, and gave to him. He had to be there. He was complicit in the sin? So they both, hmm. so the appetites, king's stomach, got both of them. And they literally ate themselves out of a house and home. Because they got kicked out of eating yes, for eating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They got kicked out of eating for eating. That's somebody have that in a book somewhere. I know it. I know. It. You got kicked out of the house because of their appetite. That's the first parents. Right? So the issue was not the fruit. 
the issue was disobedience. And they disobeyed because of their appetites. During this fast, you got to ask God, what is it about my appetite that's keeping me from you? What is it that I'm craving that's keeping me from being healthy? Because this is not just a spiritual thing. This is a bodily thing, too, because you, you're cleaning out your body, cleaning that pipe out, amen, because it get, gets corroded because you'd be walking in the world. When you're walking in the world, it gets corroded. And so you have to sometimes steal away a little bit and clean this pipe out, and that's what we're doing, and that's what this 21 days is all about. Are you here with me? Can I, can I go a little bit deeper? Can I give you some, some other scriptures here? I'm going to just give you one more, and then we're going to pray, and I'm going to give you a practical plan, and that's it. So uh, this one right here. Um, let's go to the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 16. Yeah, go to Isaiah and then uh, Jeremiah, then Ezekiel. Ezekiel 16. I want to show you this one and then we're done. We're going to read two passages and that's it. I don't know if you've ever heard these scriptures taught before for fasting, but um, hopefully it'll be a blessing to you. Ezekiel chapter 16, I'm going to go ahead and start reading while you turn it, verses 49 and 50, verses 49 and 50. So it says, look, this was the iniquity of your sister Sodom. She and her daughter had pride, talking about Gomorrah, fullness of food and abundance of idleness. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor, and they were haughty and committed abominations before me. Therefore, I took them away as I saw fit. Now, what we're talking about here is Sodom and Gomorrah. For, to get a real panoramic view of what Sodom and Gomorrah was, you're going to have to get my book. Because I've been doing a lot of research on Sodom and Gomorrah, and what I have found will probably intrigue you, and it's probably going to blow your mind. And so that's why I got it. This is the last chapter, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm done with the last chapter. I'm just finishing my final word, and it's, I'm sending it out to the editor. So the book is, is pretty much complete. So, but you're going to find something, and it's the last chapter, so you've got to read the whole book to get to the last chapter. So, so it's called, the, the name of the chapter is called America, the New Sodom and Gomorrah, question mark. And you're going to find that it's very intriguing. Now, this, this scripture is in my book, but I want to pull out some things that's not in my book and teach you today, okay? Are we good? Okay. So it, it goes, it, it, so we read, it's about Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, there were three things uh, powerful inferences in this scripture, these passages that I want to tell you about. The three things is there was no giving, no praying, and no fasting. Okay. They did not strengthen the hands of the poor and the needy. There was no giving. They had pride and abundance of idleness. There was no praying. They had fullness of food, and they were guilty of gluttony, no fasting. See, all of this was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. And they were judged because of their appetites. King's stomach was winning over them. <coughs> Interesting, huh? You probably never heard that Sodom and Gomorrah had a problem with gluttony. They were gluttons. So there's a lot more to Sodom and Gomorrah then you realize, and you're going to find out this summer. Praise God. Hallelujah. Esau, that's a good promo, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Got to get the book. Esau, let me just paraphrase this one. Esau just came to me. Esau was hunting, didn't, didn't, didn't catch anything. So on his way in, he smelled a pot of beans cooking. Some lentils, the Bible says. This is in Genesis chapter 25. And so what happened was he was hungry, his appetite. His brother, Jacob, was like, now, Jacob, if you understand about Jacob, you're just not going to get something from Jacob without Jacob getting something. Because his name means swindler. Jacob means swindler or flim flammer. That's what my daddy would say. You got to be country to understand that word, flim flammer. I, I, it took me years to figure out what that was. So Jacob says, Oh, I'll give you some of these beans if you give me your birthright. Uh -huh. Wait a minute. 
he, because of his appetite, because King's stomach was in control of his life, he was willing to give up his birthright. Let me tell you what the birthright was. The birthright was his father's blessing, which meant he got a double portion of his daddy's blessings. Whoa, wait a minute. This was a rich family. I mean, we're talking about the lineage of Abraham. His daddy was Isaac. So Jacob was going to get a double portion from Isaac because Esau was willing to give up his birthright because of King's stomach. I wonder how much we give up because of our appetites today. I wonder how much people compromise because they're hungry. Hungry for whatever. You can be hungry for food, but you can also be hungry for sex. I wonder how many Christians compromise because of that little issue. That's a big issue. I know it is. It's just one I'm willing to talk about. But you're compromising because of your appetite. And see, what fasting does, it helps you clean out this pipe so that you can reconnect with God in a holy way. You may, how many of you have never fasted this long before by show of hands? Never fasted for 21 days, okay? Go as long as you can. See, if you, if you shoot for the sun and make the moon, you're still not on the earth. So you shoot for 21 days, if you make 10, praise God, be happy about it. I celebrate with you. 21 days is a long time. Amen? I know it is. So, so listen, so I'm just telling you, there are a plethora of examples in the Word of God where people had an issue with King's stomach, like we do. Amen? All right, so let me, let me wrap this up. In Isaiah chapter 58, please go there. Mark that in your Bible. Isaiah chapter 58 is going to tell you what kind of power you have in fasting. I'm going to go through this really quickly. You have the power to loose the bands of wickedness. Just go there. Let that be uh, homework. You have the power to undo heavy burdens. You have the power to let the physically, emotionally, and spiritually oppressed go free. And you have the power to break every yoke. If you read Isaiah chapter 58, you will understand how much power you have as a Christian when you fast. If you don't understand this, then you're not going to put an expectation on it. This is the power that you have according to Isaiah chapter 58. But it also tells you how to fast and how not to. It tells you the fast that God accepts and the fast that he doesn't. So go read chapter 58. I don't have time to go there. This is where I want to get to. This is it. I'm done. Practical plan for fasting. If you have medical conditions, you need to consult with your doctor first before you fast. I don't want anybody to get sick. Uh, there are some medications that you take. You have to have food on your system, and sometimes you do need to have meat. So if you're taking any kind of medication for high blood pressure, for cholesterol, whatever it is that you're taking, uh, make sure you consult with your doctor before you start this fast. And then, or maybe do a modified fast. Maybe just say, you know what, I love chocolate. I'm just not going to do chocolate for 21 days. Or I'm just not going to drink coffee for 21 days. That's not going to kill you. And you can still take your medication, and you're still doing the fast. Amen? Is this making sense? This is the time you can ask me questions, by the way. Start weaning yourself from coffee. For those that love Starbucks, I would say just get off of it now. For people like me that love sweets, I've already, already gotten off of it because I love sweets. I'll tell me, I'll tell, boy, I'll tell some sweets up. My wife, my wife had to slap my hand. Put that down, okay. <laughs> uh, if you love heavy meats, um, I would say when you go to dinner today, stick with fish, uh, something light, chicken, don't eat any heavy, any heavy meat today. Um, you may have caffeine headaches and hunger pangs. I already talked to you about that. Drink room temperature water. When you're fasting, don't drink cold water. Cold water is really not good on your, when your stomach is empty, that, that cold water hits your system, it shocks your system. So drink room temperature water. If your stomach, you get those hunger pains, drink water. Because we should be clean, cleaning out our system anyway, right? Water, especially for those that love uh, um, drinks, you know, you got all that, 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 uh, those, that sugar in those drinks. You need to lay off of that stuff anyway to give your body a break. Um, start your fasting journal. Um, I'm asking you to, I, I'm already starting mine. I got an expectation list. These are some things that I am expecting for 2016.
So that's my list. And as, as God blesses me, I'm checking it off my list. And that's my testimony. I'll be able to share that on our hashtag. Amen? So make your journal. Who's, who journals, by the way? Who journals? Oh, by the way, thank you guys for, for the blessing y'all gave me because I love to write stuff down, so that, that helps out a lot. So, so if you journal, continue to journal. Um, might want to keep a separate journal for your expectation list. Foods to eat. You, 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 you want to eat beans. You want to eat brown rice. Uh, eat a lot of fruit and vegetables. That's what you want to eat. Uh, foods you want to stay from. You want to stay away from a lot of acidic fruits. You don't want too much acid like grapefruits. Uh, you want to, you know, stay away from grapefruit or, or uh, 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 yeah, uh, just stay, stay, stay away from that. Um, and so, listen, if you have to have meat, uh, try to just do fish and no red meat. Let's just cut red meat completely out. Yes, sir. Now, one thing about eggs, dairy is sometimes we need to get off of that dairy anyway because it's not good for you. And if you don't watch it, it can raise your cholesterol, right? So if you spend 21 days eating eggs every day, your cholesterol is going to be sky high. So I would just say in moderation, do egg whites, right? Because if I do a sandwich, I would do just a sandwich with only egg whites, right? And lettuce. Yeah, yeah, potatoes, but 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 only for the kids if they want French fries. But I would I would not say eat French fries every day, that are fried. You want to again, you want to stay off of that fried. You can do baked, a baked potato is really good. A baked sweet potato is really really good. It's got a lot of protein in it, and it's good for you. Um, Logan's makes they have some of the best baked sweet potatoes right there in Monroe, and we go there a lot when we're on the fast because we go there and get a baked sweet potato and some green beans. And that's what we eat for, for dinner. Um, uh, listen, now, this is what we include in ours. Reduce your TV, DVD, videos, um, uh, Wii, um, Xbox, Candy Crush. <laughs> Name some other ones. Net, no, Netflix is okay if you get a Christian movie. Yeah, if you get a movie, get a Christian movie, watch it together. Facebook. Yeah, that's Facebook. Social media. Let me get on social media for a second because I just told y'all to get on social media. <laughs> listen, listen, we can cut that down big time too. Amen. Right? Now, now I'm going to be on social media because I'm going to be sending out a blessing every day for these 21 days. So you'll see something come out from the church. Right? But just staying on social media all day long or, or for hours, just, okay, guys, you know what's, you know what's, what's too long, right? Amen. Okay, so do, do, you, you already know what's too long. So just get off of it when you need to, all right? So we already talked about um, that part with the married folks. Men over 40 who are 40 and over. Guys, first of all, you already know with my situation, I already tell you to go get your physicals already. You should be getting your physical, and you should be getting your PSA check, PSA, prostate-specific antigen. You should get that check. The doctors are not going to check it unless you tell them. You have to tell them. If they're doing blood work, it's no additional cost. All they have to do is throw that additional thing in to check your PSA. Make sure you check your PSA, and it should be below 4.0. If it's higher than 4.0, you've got a serious issue going on in your prostate. This is a good time for men that are 40 and over to do some type of colon cleansing. Women, I would suggest that for you as well. Amen. It's good to clean out. Since you're already laying off all of that meat and all the sweet stuff, you might as well go ahead and clean out your pipes. Amen? You will find you will feel so much better and you have so much more energy if you do this. I saw a hand up. I saw a question. Yes, ma'am. Get your paps done, ladies. Thank you for sharing that. And so, so listen, it's all about good health. Amen? And one of the things you're going to find out when we have our business meeting, we're going to focus a lot on health this year. Health fairs, doing everything that we can. It's going to be about empowerment and, and enrichment. Those are the two words you're going to hear other than expectation. Empowerment and enrichment. So, so we got to get healthy. I said we got to get healthy. Because, see, it would be a travesty if you're laying in the bed and you can't do something for God that you wanted to do, but because you didn't take care of the one body that God gave you, you're laying on your back. Amen. 
That's not going to be us. Oh, no, we, we're going we're gonna to do it right. We're going to make ourselves go work out and do the things that we need to do. That's why I post stuff so I can encourage you. Get your butt up and go to the gym. Go do something. You can go for a walk around the community. Do something, saints of God, because, see, if we can teach you how to eat right and to be healthy, we can keep people out of the healing line. Because you come down for a healing and you're still eating all that bad stuff. It don't help you. I, when, I was at the, when I was staying at the American Cancer Society Hope Lodge, when I was going through all of my radiation, do you realize right outside the doors people were still smoking and they had cancer? And I'm sitting there like, did you just go to chemo? I just got to have my cigarette. Appetite crazy. One of them already died. I saw a hand. Yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. Don't stop your working out. I ain't going to stop running. I ain't going to stop working out. Just make sure you get, you can get protein drinks. Make sure when you get the protein drinks, look at the sugar levels because there's some has some really, really high sugar levels. Right. They have some really good vegan protein drinks that you can get where the sugar levels are low. You can get that from vitamin world. OK, so good question. So listen, please run, work out. We're not stopping anything that we're doing. We're going to continue to work out and do everything that we're doing. OK, any other questions? Any other questions? Come on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise in Jesus name. So are you excited about the fast this year? We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.